The following recording is a production of Kicking Out at Two in conjunction with the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network and is intended for private use only. For more information, head on over to facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two or our Twitter handle at kicking out two, along with searching Retromania with a W on any and all podcast platforms available to listen to archive shows such as this and all the great content of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Evergreen content at your fingertips anytime at your listening pleasure. And with that being said, we thank you for listening and hope you enjoy the show. It's a celebratory occasion here on Kicking Out at Two as we celebrate the 25-year anniversary of what I would like to say is the greatest Hell in a Cell match of all time, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Bad Blood, In Your House 1997 as we watch that back with all of you on the worst app in the history of streaming apps in all of America, the world, Peacock TV. And joining me back in the saddle, back with me as always, uh, Dennis J. Levy. What's up, pal? Dave, always a pleasure. Glad to be uh, doing this podcast today. That uh, yes, before uh, we got to call it pre-production, if you will. Uh, the ten, yeah, it took about like five times to load up this Peacock. I had to check my internet connection. I had to, you know, good dad. Exit the app and remove it off my Roku and then get it back. It was a fucking nightmare. They, they, they do. WWE is a money grab for them. They don't give a fuck. They don't care that I'm doing a podcast. They don't care that you know I want to watch this shit without any kind of interruption. You know from from the internet. I got great internet. I pay ninety bucks a month with fucking Xfinity, Comcast, whatever the fuck to have the top speed internet. And then this bullshit happens. This is fucking ridiculous. I, oh. I with you, David. I think do think it's criminal just based on the uh, the WWE app was awesome. The network was great. It was awesome. Easier to find stuff. Didn't take yeah. as long. Didn't stall. Didn't buffer. The interface was good. This shit, they're getting paid more money so that the service could be even more fucked up. And it's, it's fucking ridiculous. It's my understanding. If, like, if we lived in Canada... We would have the WWE uh, network, right? I don't know if they have it or not. Or like, or like Europe or something. Right? Some some countries over there have the. There's there's still other countries like Canada. I Europe, don't get why we can't have it. They have it. They don't have Peacock, but they have the network. So so all you folks overseas across the pond that listen to this, because I do have a fair amount, fair share of international listeners. Thank you very much. Um, you guys. You guys get to listen to, you know, or watch this sh- watch this shit on the network, and meanwhile, I'm sitting here sweating my dick off waiting for this thing to f- finish buffering, and now I finally, after like the eighth try, got it on. So hopefully as we record this, there's no uh, there's no issues with the, uh, with, with the <laughs> crossing peacock. Crossing fingers. Yeah, sure. crossing fingers, you know, knocking on wood, all that good stuff. So um, what I need for all you to do as you're listening is to go to Peacock or go find, just go to... If you, Go to Peacock, okay, if you have it. If you don't, I don't blame you. Um, and you're going to search WWE In Your House, Bad Blood, Season 3, Episode 6. And you're going to go to, I believe it's 2 hours and 5 minutes and 43 seconds. I'm going to double check and I'm going to uh, let me make sure that we're muted here. I'm just going to queue everything up. Um, of course, this is the worst app in the history of America. No, of course not. Why would this shit ever fucking cooperate with me? God damn it. I had it on two hours, five. All right. So I've paused it. Two hours, five minutes, six seconds. Okay. And it's it's a backstage interview with with, with what would be eventually be D-Generation X. Shawn Michaels, Rick Rude, Triple H in China. Um, and so cue it up at that point so that we can all be on pace together. And I'll do a timestamp and play the audio every once in a while um, for all of you. Uh, and, uh, you know, for, for those of you that like to uh, listen to, you know, other great evergreen podcasts, uh, head on over to Retromania. Search Retromania with a W. Find all the great podcasts over there. Marking out the days. Cool truth that they see. Uh, all kinds of great back catalog stuff that we have over there. Uh, search Retro Menu with a W on any podcasting platform available. So, all right. Hopefully, you've all gotten queued up, ready to go. Um, when I say play, press play. And uh, I'm going to play the audio to open this here, uh, probably for a few minutes between this interview and then the entrances and all that good stuff. Uh, as we see Doc Hendricks uh, holding the microphone for one Shawn Michaels. So, in your house, bad blood, season three, episode six, two hours, five minutes, six seconds. In three, two, one, play. 
Let's see. Best I can tell, some good news, there's some bad news. The good news is, this match is not for my coveted European Championship. That will stay around the waist of our break kid, Shawn Michaels. Now, the bad news. 15 foot high steel cage. No way in, no way out. Well, there is one way. Through a locked door. Once I get in, once Undertaker gets in, it'll be locked behind me. Troops, I think I'm gonna have to go this one alone. Born for my wonderful athletic ability, the fact that I'm tougher than nails, the fact that I'm the man here in a World Wrestling Federation, the fact that I'm the showstopper, the headliner, the main event, is the only thing that's gonna get me through this. That and the fact that I'm the most tenacious man in a World Wrestling Federation, and the fact of the matter is, ain't nobody crazy enough to do this gig, except for the heartbreak kid. So I'm gonna go out there and show you why I am the number one guy in this business today. Gentlemen, thank you very much. All right, with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's take you now and show you some of the events that have led up to this extraordinary hell in the cell between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. Under the glittering glare of the WWF spotlight, his image has been cast in the role of superstardom. But for Shawn Michaels, image isn't everything. It's the only thing. Perception is reality. I've continued to step to another level. Plus, it really makes people mad when you're sort of a jerk and you know who they want And again, that's just, and that's just something, again, it's just about, it's just about stirring the pot. It's about ruffling feathers. It's, uh, may not be fair, but when left up to me, I will probably not do the right thing. Now, however, that image, and more importantly, his attitude, have been dramatically altered. flamboyant, charismatic, high-flying superstar who once captured the hearts and imagination of all who followed him, now feels differently about his followers and apparently himself. He now stands in a different light, one that burns just as brightly, but reveals a harsh glare under that once cherished image. So let me get this straight. You, the Undertaker, and the best that I can tell, all of the fans of the World Wrestling Federation are dumping this in my lap. Uh, yeah. It's just like all the fans of the World Wrestling Federation to not take responsibility for themselves and pass the buck on to the heartbreak kid because everybody knows I don't give a damn what anybody thinks of me. His actions have spoken even louder than his words. But both have been ferociously delivered towards one man. I want you to bring your dead ass Whoa. out here and face me like a man. That's right, the heartbreak kid. This scenario so has created more than bad blood between him and the phenom. It is delivered an ultimatum that will be answered one way or another in horrific fashion. And we're moments away as uh, Commissioner Slaughter checking things out around the... Uh, the cell and making sure that the uh, flashlight there, making sure that no way in, no way out except through the door. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a nice touch what you're doing there. Yeah, making sure that there's no interference in the match because yeah. the cage is not like it, it was different. It wasn't like any other normal cage match. The cage was surrounding the ring, so you could go outside the ring and and do your business yeah. with the cage surrounding it. Now. For those of you keeping score, for those of you, if you remember, Dennis, this rivalry with Shawn Michaels and Undertaker started at SummerSlam of that year in 97. Do you remember that? Yeah, of course. That, 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 um, 
it was um, um, Bret Hart Taker and, and uh, Shawn Michaels tried to go as for 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 Bret. Bret ducked. Wax, Wax Undertaker right head. in the face. Yeah. One, two, three, and the rest is history. Now let me ask you this, yeah. okay? As great of a scenario that was, in my opinion, here we see Triple H and Sean, yeah. or not Sean Michael, Triple H and China, um, uh, making their way to to introduce Sean. Um, the 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 Canada angle was so hot with Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation against the United States, and they were defending Canada. Do you think that Shawn Michaels turning heel in that moment um, and costing The Undertaker the championship kind of like overshadowed Bret Hart and the the, the the heel heat that he had? Because Bret was the top yeah. heel at that time. And Shawn doing that to Undertaker, and the term's been used before by Bret, scooped his heat, so to speak. What, what, what's your take on that? Oh, I totally agree with that. that, yeah. that, that uh, but Brent, though, also has to understand, like, they're starting the X, you know? So yeah. that, that had to be conversations that he knew about. So, of course, he knew Sean was going to turn heel. Yeah. That, 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 uh, that, that, uh, so, I agree that, 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 that that's exactly what happened. That he scooped his heat, per se. Yeah. But, like, it was forecoming, and he knew it was going to happen. So, yeah. So, so, I just think, just no offense to him. And I'm not even a big DX fan. Yeah. DX, well, I know. We've DX, talked about that before. DX was just more, I don't know, interesting or whatever. It was just more over than the, than the team the Canada. Foundation. Yeah, so, so sorry, right? I don't know what to say. Well, all right, so let's try to understand the logic here, yep. okay? So in that scenario, Brett was the champion. Brett was the challenger. Undertaker yep. was the champion. And Shawn Michaels was the guest referee. Shawn Michaels had public... Public rivalry with Bret Hart on camera and behind the scenes. We all know about the locker room fight in Hartford. Yeah. Um, That's amazing that happened in Hartford. Yeah, I know, right? That's like a claim to fame. There's WrestleMania 11, and then there's the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart locker room fight. And Survivor Series 1990. And also, I was going to say, Ottawa mentioned that, at the very least, Mick Foley, Triple H retirement match. Yes, I was there for that too. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Um, But anyhow, there was, you know, there was all this stuff that happened with Shawn and Bret, okay? They've kind of let it bleed into television. And the stipulations were interesting in that if Brett did not win the championship, he would no longer be able to wrestle in the United States. But with Sean as the referee, Sean was not allowed to show any favoritism towards The Undertaker. Otherwise, he would also not be allowed to wrestle in the United States. Such a great stipulation. Okay? Which was great, right? Yeah. And there there was all these different variables that you had to weigh in. And so Sean... Hits Undertaker with a chair, not intending to, but he had to make the pin, all right? Now, I get it that Undertaker would be upset and angry that Shawn Michaels cost him the championship, but I don't understand the logic in turning Shawn heel, you know? Like, I I never really got that. Why did... Because Shawn didn't intend to screw Undertaker, but he had no choice in order to keep his job, to count the pin, and, and, and... and crown Brett the champion. So what's the logic in Sean turning bad? I don't now, know. So, so you know better than me. That, that what happened in the next night on Raw? Did, well, the next that, night on Raw, they kind of like they, they tried to like they tried to ask Sean why he did it. Like like they had an in ring interview and Vince was like, "Why would you do such a thing? You know, you're turning your back on you know the fans of the World Wrestling Federation." Sean didn't intend to screw Undertaker. No. Sean was intending to knock Brett's block off. Because Brett spit in his face, yeah, which was great. It was it was one of the best loogies I ever seen. Yeah, you right. That, that, that was like that was, that was um what was it called? That's a not shoot. Called, that was, I think that was a shoot. Uh, yeah, that was a shoot loogie. <laughs> that wasn't a working loogie. That was a shoot loogie. Got, <laughs> um, but Sean's rationale was was that he was put in a position by the World Wrestling Federation where he was forced to do that because of the stipulation. Now, mind you. For those of you wrestling historians out there listening, Sean and Brett, you know, they had that big rivalry. Sean lobbied to be a part of SummerSlam on television. It was an angle, you know. He made a joke like, I'll sell the popcorn, I'll referee a match, I'll commentate, I'll do this, I'll do that, whatever. You know, I'll even have a match. But I want to be a part of SummerSlam. 
And then that's when they put him in the match and made him the referee. It was like a week-long thing, and then the following week, they announced that Sean was the referee. And that was that week when Brett had the pull-apart with Vince at the commentary table. The big, you, do you remember, you remember oh, that? Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Vince was at the commentary table. Brett slapped the headset off of him, and then they had right. like, the tussle. Yeah. And Vince pulled the T-shirt over Brett's head like the hockey fight. So that was, that was stemming from Vince's ins- Vince inserting Sean into the mix. And that was a little taste of Vince as the owner of the WWF. So, um, the logic behind Shawn Michaels turning heel, I didn't understand it. I, 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 because he never intended to screw The Undertaker. That was never a thing. Yeah. You know? So, that's just me. That's just where I stand uh, when it comes to this. But, um, did you watch this? Growing up, did you see this event live? Did you? you know? Not live, but okay. I, I did see it like a few weeks afterwards. Okay. Now this is also to the the, the same night where um, it was announced that Brian Brian Pillman unfortunately passed away. Was it, was it the same night? Huh? Yeah. So well, it, they they had found they had found his body in a hotel room in Minnesota, um, and right before the right before the. You remember the free for all show they used to do? It was yeah, like the of preview on the, show. The, it was on the the, pre, uh, the TV guy the channel. TV guy channel. Yeah. Thank you. They, so they opened the show with Vince backstage, and Vince announces that Brian Pillman had passed away. He was found in his hotel room, and um, he would have more information as as the show went on. Then later on in the show, uh, Vince announced that local authorities in in Minnesota. Um, do not suspect foul play, but they think it might have been a drug overdose, and Vince would have more uh, information surrounding surrounding that in the you know in the coming weeks as the toxicology report um, becomes a becomes a thing. What were your thoughts when um, tragic? You yeah. know me. I thought the sky was the limit with this dude. Yeah, but that they even know his wrestling ability was obviously because the injuries were yeah were way behind him his best years. But I thought. If you give him like like his character, yeah, just written, written, I just thought Richard Stone Cold. Stone he was like Cold, a rebel. Uh, the, 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 I thought I I I I know Monday Morning Quarterback, twenty twenty hindsight, whatever you want to call it. That that uh, I really really thought thought that 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 when 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 Stone Cold was 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 red hot. That 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 like or when actually more even better saying. And his date of retirement, he's talking about all these rivalries and all that stuff. I really th- think if, if he if 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 Brian Pillman died a natural death, he would say the greatest rivalry was Brian Pillman. I, I, don't I, know about I really that. I really think so. And it felt that. so real, man. And and if you gave Brian Pillman the championship for like a for for just like for a couple like a months, and yeah, then 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 would get back by him. I really, oh dude, I think that could have been an. Absolutely, like a Mount Rushmore rivalry. I really believe that. I think it's. Tragic. I think. I think there was. I think there was potential with the, especially with the gun angle. Yeah. Everyone's, you know, everyone talks about the. You know, when they think of Brian Pillman in the WWF, they think of you know the gun angle, where Austin broke into his home and you know Pillman had the nine millimeter, um, which was really like a, it was like an early, dose of the Attitude Era. That, that, that we got to see, which that took place in October of uh, 96. But anyhow, um, and even like, even like, I think, I think if Pillman had not died, yeah, I, I think I've said this before, had Pillman not passed away, I think Pillman was going to be a challenger for Austin's title after Austin won the, won the championship at WrestleMania 14. I could have seen Austin and Pillman in a pay-per-view match, like a one-off. Or maybe something for a couple of months where Austin and Pillman, you know, Pillman being the loose cannon, him and Austin kind of having unfinished business. Um, maybe even Pillman being like, maybe even like Vince trying to, um, in, in a similar fashion that, Vin, that Vince had positioned Dude Love. Where they're trying to make Pillman into this corporate champion. And then Pillman fails on a couple of occasions to, to dethrone Austin. And then Pillman goes back to being the loose cannon, you know, kind of like a work in progress. Yeah. And then Pil- Pillman eventually becomes an ally to Austin, even though Austin doesn't have any friends. Pillman and him kind of, you know, uh, they were are on the same yeah. wavelength. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could have seen something like that develop. Would Would Pillman have a long term in ring career? Probably not. Pillman probably would have been a manager, maybe even a color commentator. 
but unfortunately, he didn't want to do any of that. As we're, uh, we're the we're few commentary I did hear him. I hate to say it because that crackly voice, I, it wasn't very good. Yeah, and, yeah. Maybe I'm kind of like I said. I want you know me. I want this guy. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a Brian Pillman super fan, but yeah. like, his commentary was awful. Yeah, I mean, I think you know. Oh, nice back body oh, drop by Undertaker. Right. Feet hit the top of the, the, the hell in the cell. I got a question for you. Yeah. Modern day wrestling. When was the last time you saw a, like like out of this world back body drop? <sighs> I literally was just thinking thinking about that. Like, like I think I've like, seen. I, 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 honestly, I think I've seen. Um, uh. Modern day. Modern day. Like how modern? Like like as of today or like year. you can go Within back to last year. When was, you're watching a match or a guy or, or you're like, wow, that dude, his fundamentals, his back body drop, you know, is fucking phenomenal, you know? I just haven't... I, I think... I, the guy I, who does the back body drop. Well, I think I've seen Ricochet do it before. Okay. And Ricochet, you know, he, he bounces around and I, I could... I don't recall exactly when, but... I'm just making a point. For everyone in the listening audience to kick it out of two. Do men, when when you're watching next time you watch Raw, AEW, blah blah blah, whoever that that that, that uh, watch for back body drops. They don't do them anymore. No, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. You, you hear that, everyone? Yeah. Dennis said, watch for back body drops. I'm serious. Okay. That 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 uh, that that uh, and they go to kick it out of two, and when you see one, be like, Dennis, you're a fucking idiot. Blah blah blah. That, 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 anyway. You well, uh, the last time you... I'm serious. I've so, not seen a good no, back body drop I, I, in a long time. I believe time. you. I believe you. I'm not saying... Yeah, relax. Don't lose your shirt, pal. <laughs> all right? Jesus Christ. Um, the last time you had instructed the audience to, to, to go to our Facebook page, yeah. it was when... It was the last time you, you, you and I were recording. Uh, back in August. We watched an episode of Monday Night Raw, the night that The Rock joined the Nation of Domination. And part of that episode surrounded the... Um, the Undertaker storyline involving the, the the impending arrival of Kane, yeah, which we will see in this match. And you had said you had challenged the audience to to find a, a greater debut than Kane. Um, do you you still stick by that that Kane's debut was the greatest of oh, all 10, time? Ten thousand percent. Okay, I'll die that he'll will smile on my face. What about it that makes it makes it number one for you? A that 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 that. Uh, that um, that just it comes in. You look at the structure. You can't get in. You can't get out. You know. I thought maybe he's gonna punch the ref, get the key. The motherfucker just takes the door, rips the door, off. rips the door yeah. right off. Yep. That had me at a low. Yeah. And then the Undertaker, the man who fears not a goddamn thing, has fear in his eyes and like, oh my god, it's you. You know, yeah. oh my god. Like and he saw a ghost. And, and then he just beats the shit out of him, and it's like, I'll be like. How can you not think that's not the best? Like, uh, I just can't even think of. What, I about, think the, what about the story buildup leading up to it? It was magnificent. Yeah. Uh, that that uh, that um, what, what what exactly happened? Like the Taker was like spewing a Vader or something, and like, Taker Undertaker had won the title, and after he won the he won the title at WrestleMania 13 earlier that year, he defeated Sid, and then not long after he won the title, Paul Bearer kind of crept up into his life again and wanted to reunite with him. Basically to latch on to him as the champion. And when Undertaker smelled bullshit, he turned on... He didn't really... I mean, they weren't yeah. really aligned together, but he just, you know, pretty much turned down Paul Bearer's advances, which then involved Mankind. Because Paul Bearer was managing Mankind. Oh, uh, yeah. I can be so they had the match at Revenge of the Taker. And then Undertaker burned Paul Bear with the fireball. It was that fucking awful fireball yeah, spot that they yeah. did. Which, by the way, there was a similar uh, fireball botch recently with um, uh, Scarlet and Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre on SmackDown. Um, anyhow, long story short, Paul Bear then used the secret of this, this, this secret he hung over Undertaker's head. And said, you know, if you don't allow me to manage you as the WWF champion, then I'm going to reveal to the whole world what this secret is. And for a short period of time, Undertaker would be managed by Paul Bearer. He wouldn't really care for it, but he would do it because he didn't want Paul Bearer to reveal this secret. And Paul Bearer would use Undertaker to do his bidding from time to time. Um... 
And then finally, Undertaker had had enough and didn't care. And that's when Paul Bear revealed the story of the, the, the funeral home being set on fire and blaming the Undertaker and that his brother didn't die and his brother was alive and he was taking care of his brother, Kane. Kane is coming! Kane is coming! You're gonna burn in hell, Undertaker! Yeah, the whole, the whole deal. And then they milked it for a while. Until we got to this here, um, the inclusion in the the finish of this match. Um, as we're, we've been talking over a lot of, the, of this match yeah. here, but this match, I think this is a classic. Though. It is. I think our, it is. Our audience probably seen this twenty five times. So. Yeah, this yeah. is a classic, and yeah. I wanted to watch it because twenty five years ago, this. I mean, I didn't get a chance. I didn't watch this on pay per view live, but all I heard on the internet was how great this match was. And how much, you know, how much of a beating Sean took. And it wasn't yeah. your traditional... It, it had it had traditional elements of a steel cage where you could, you know... When we were younger, it was like, nowhere to run. You can't escape inside the steel cage. But then the way to win would be either through the door or over yeah, the top of the cage, like, yeah, you know? Big, yeah, the big blue air. Yeah. But now, you have a cage that encloses the ring. There's a roof on it. The door's locked. Yeah. You literally can't escape. So, it had that steel cage psychology behind it even though it wasn't billed as a steel cage match it was a hell in the cell which reminded me this reminded me at that time in 97 a lot of the thunderdome cage that wcw had where it was oh yeah where it surrounded the ring yeah and there was kind of a roof you remember that it was trash yeah we're talking about Flair and Sting against yeah. Muda and Terry Funk from Halloween Havoc. We, we watched that back yeah. a while, a couple years back, that right? That was awful. But it was, and speaking of that, this same month, later this, later this month, Halloween Havoc, Hogan, and Piper inside the cage. You remember that? Age in the cage? I don't know if I remember that. I don't know. Uh, I like that. Do, you, do you still have Peacock? Yeah, I'm back in the game again. Okay, you're back in the game? All right. If I were you, I'd go back and watch that Halloween Havoc. Go back and watch it for Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero alone. It's a classic, which I think I'm going to try and cover on this. Uh, on, on this. Um, Are you telling me that's when they did a steel cage match? Hogan and Piper. They were in, like, the Eddie Guerrero, like, oh my, yeah, the age of the game. I, I totally never saw that match. I never knew about it. you got to watch it. Oh my God. It's awful. Was it, like, 04? No. I'm talking 1997, Halloween oh. Havoc. Oh, it, the it, same pay per view. Eddie oh, Guerrero wrestles Mysterio. When, when, when I associate, uh, I, you know, I got the WWE propaganda. Okay. And when, uh, I, when I hear Eddie Guerrero, I'm like, oh, so oh you're yeah. Okay. I'm like, I got like you. the rights. I'm like, dude, you're right. I'm like, I didn't think Piper had it in him back. No. All right, I got you. No. I'm sorry. No, that's all good. Hogan. I think Piper. For, 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 uh, anyway. Age in the Cage, Halloween Havoc '97. Awful. Absolutely awful. And the funny thing is, that month when I I didn't order this pay per view, but I ordered Hogan and Piper. What was think, I thinking? Do you think seriously, seriously though, that that uh, when you think of Halloween Havoc, do you think of like I think of that being potentially the worst pay per view in the history of uh, of WCW? Really? They had some great Halloween Havoc pay per views. Yeah, I think like, like I well, again, I, when I think of Halloween Havoc. I think of Warrior Hogan instantly. That, 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 uh, yeah, but that doesn't ruin the whole concept. I, recently, at least in my opinion. I, I, well, I considered it 10 years ago recently. That, 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 uh, that, that I actually finally got around to watch Goldberg Diamond Dallas. Such a great match. It is. And no one saw at it. At that time, it was Gold. <laughs> I know, right? Because of the, yeah. At that time, it was Goldberg's best match. Yeah. Until this day, I, I'll go. It has to be his best match of all time. I think so. Ooh, look at this here. Boom! Pile driver right on his dome on the steps. I'm surprised Taker allowed him to do that. I'm surprised that they were allowing pile drivers, especially two months prior when Owen Hart dumps. Um, Good point. Steve Austin on his neck at SummerSlam that they were still allowing to do that. But then again, Shawn Michaels went against the grain. He would you know piss off management a lot. I'm sure yeah. if it if it was something that they had banned at this time, I'm sure that he was reprimanded for it, or he was just you know he he was you know whatever. Told to never do it again. Um, this spot here, I think this is where they take out the cameraman. 
if I'm not mistaken. I think Shawn Michaels has kind of had enough of the cameraman being involved in the in the match. I could be mistaken. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Camera's out. Nope, it's back on. So this cameraman here is he like supposed to be? Is he like a a wrestler or just like? Uh, I don't know. I, don't I know always like that. Where I it's know like, that there's a spot in this when, match. When you, when you hear it's like, oh, that's the nephew of, you, you know, like Tito Santana. Where did you hear that? I've never heard No, that. I'm just saying, I love hearing that. Like, uh, you know, the cameraman, like, you know, you get a cameraman spot. Like, 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 like you hear that they're like a relative of like a wrestler or they're a training guy. And it's, oh, you know, like, they don't acknowledge it on TV, yeah. but you know no, about it. I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. I love that little. I thought you meant that like on commentary. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, Vince is like, goddamn, pal. That's uh, <laughs> that's the third cousin of Pedro Morales. <laughs> exactly. the parent, you know I, mean? I do like, love hearing that. I never, like, I never, I never, yeah. Like, 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 for example, like. How could they do such a thing to. Earl Hebner's sister-in-law, god damn it! <laughs> like, <laughs> like take your take your um, Michaels at at, at uh, WrestleMania during the uh, the cameraman spot. Oh like, yeah, like, like, who's that? Yeah. That was uh, <laughs> that was Jimmy Snooker's kid. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was Jimmy Snooker's kid. I was literally thinking I was saying, that. I just love I just love hearing shit like that. Yeah. Now Sean's got the advantage here, putting a beating on the Undertaker, mm-hmm. nailing him with that chair. All right, so there's, you know, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker have had some classics on pay-per-view, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't think we can argue that Shawn and Undertaker from WrestleMania 25 is number one. The first one's number okay. one, yeah. All right, so. I want to say this is it, but I'll be lying. So so what's second in in, in the... the, the the series uh, of matches with Sean and Undertaker. Right here. We're this? watching. Okay. We're watching. All right. All right. Let's let, let's continue that. Yep. What's third? Oh, good question. Mike. Because they had... All right. So they had a... So unpopular opinion. I don't shit on the match, but I don't put Taker, Michaels, WrestleMania 2 in high regard. I, it, WrestleMania it, what? The, 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 the second time they did it, WrestleMania. When uh, Sean retired? retired? Okay. 26. It felt yeah. so forced. It felt so forced. That, 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 that the first one was so organic and it was so amazing. That that, that uh, I like the story going into it. The story was good. That Sean was Sean wanted that redemption, so he was trying to force Undertaker to make the match, and he had he, he went multiple different routes to try and get the match. Whether it was um, trying to win the Royal Rumble because Undertaker was the champion at the time, yeah. To then costing the Undertaker the Elimination Chamber to get get the match. You know what I mean? Like I liked the story going into it. The career aspect, I could have done without that. I get it that they wanted to add some high stakes yeah. to it, but obviously, he, uh, you know, HBK was involved with the Flair. Yeah, he wanted that. He that's how he was like Flair got this an amazing goodbye. Yeah, he wanted that. I don't know if he wanted it. I mean. You don't think so? I mean, I I'm, exactly I'm sure he wanted, wanted some kind of recognition, but yeah. to have the, the send-off like Flair did, nobody will ever get that ever again because of what Flair did. That's know? what Sean wanted, though. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's very possible. Yeah. So so, so you put the Sean... The Sean... Uh, that's the cameraman spot yeah. right mm-hmm. here. Um, I'm trying to think what other... Sh- I'm really like... Joking. Do you remember the casket match from the Royal Rumble? No. When Sean, when 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 oh yeah, mankind came out right. No, that was in the mankind spot when they open you open up the casket. No, and mankind attacked him. That was when Kane came out. Okay, you remember when Sean got dumped onto the casket and he hurt his back? Oh, of course, Rumble? yeah. And then Kane set the casket on fire later. Yes, I do remember. Yeah, now, yeah. They had that match. That was a gnarly spot. So that'd probably go after the WrestleMania career match. Yeah, the career match was better. And then the first time they ever wrestled was at Ground Zero in your house a month prior to this, which was a schmoz finish. Everyone got involved. They had the locker room break it up. You kind of remember that? No, not really. I don't know. Anyway, I I like to forget schmoz finishes. Okay, I got you here. I got you. It's the the cameraman. He's down and out. And Sean beat him up. So now we're going to... This is how they get the door open. Pretty much that the referees and the officials come into the ring to to come into the cage to get this guy out of there, and somehow the, the they make their way outside. Uh, you'll see that shortly. Yeah, here you go. How's this guy get in? Who's this guy? Stagehand. I think he's yeah. already in there. All right. Like dragging the cable and shit, like the the the, the cable wires for the camera. 
Yeah, there's photographers in there. <laughs> Nowadays, you don't have that. And no. They keep all those guys away from ringside. Which I think it would... I, I get it for safety purposes. They don't want those guys getting hurt. But by the same time, it made the, it made the wrestling... The presentation of it looked a little bit more legitimate, like it was a boxing fight. Oh, where totally. You have photographers around the ringside area. I used to think that was pretty cool. Is there, is there even still a WWE magazine? No, there is not. That's sad. No, here he is, Big Chin Sergeant Slaughter, making his way down. Nice. Boom. Do it again. Here, let's uh. Now we'll play the audio for other more important moments. Um, he's like, yeah, now he's got to let him in. And like I said, this is where it sets up Sean and Undertaker from exiting the cage to eventually making it on top. So I, I said at the top of this, this program that this is arguably the greatest Hell in the Cell match of all time. Do you... What do you think is the greatest Hell in the Cell match of all time? I got a real unpopular opinion, I think. All right, I want to hear but it. But the most entertained I've ever been in Hell in the Cell was Usos versus New Day. I love that Hell in the Cell I like that so match, much. too. I was so impressed with like the originality. Yeah, there was no blood. And that, 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 uh, oh, here we go. We're out. Go that, ahead, continue. But... uh I just love just the the originality of, of that of, of, that uh, that that Hell in Cell. And at first too, I didn't think a tag team match was gonna work Hell in the Cell, but they those boys, woo! They, yeah, they, they 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 killed it. That's my favorite. That really is. That is my that's your, favorite. Your it favorite. Really is. It, I, you, I so you think that's the greatest Hell in the Cell match of all time, or is that just your favorite? That's my favorite. All right. So what do you think the greatest Hell in the Cell matches of all time? The goat, the and, measuring stick. Well, it has to be then Taker. Taker mankind, it just has to be then. That 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 uh, King of the Ring, of course. King of the Ring, uh, it just has to be. That's what they did that day. That was just, and you knew you were watching it. And thank God too. I was, I actually got the privilege of watching that live. That, 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 uh, I ordered the replay because like, of that match because I heard about it. You knew you were watching history. Yeah. Like, you just knew it. Like 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 the only two times I ever felt like I'm watching wrestling history was Rock Hogan. And mankind Undertaker. So by def, so, so I hate to. Say, I don't. Mean, I don't hate to say it because no, it's my. That's your opinion. But 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 if there's one hell in the cell that that that, that I'd watch more than any other, it would be Uso New Day. But historical reasons and like the greatness of it, I know for for fact it's going to be Taker. All right. So you so you mentioned your favorite. Yep. Okay. While we're on the subject, why don't you know? Normally we would dedicate a whole show to a Mount Rushmore, but why don't you give me your Mount Rushmore? Of the greatest Hell in the Cell matches of all time. You're four. Interesting. Interesting. You're uh, four. All right. So, obviously, Uso, U, U, Uso New Day, Mankind, M- Mankind Undertaker. Um, didn't like Triple H and Kevin Nash. I know a lot of people I do. I didn't like that. I didn't like that one. I didn't like that one. Oh, fucking um, the retirement match, right? Cactus and Triple yeah. H. That's got to be up there. Yeah. Um, of course, th- this one is amazing. So, Usos, New Day, Cactus and Triple H, yep. Undertaker, Mankind, and this match? Those are I'm, your four? I'm trying to think. Am I missing one? Um, um, so, last... I, I know Uso was, was in the last couple of years, but like the other ones are just trash, in my opinion. Trash. The one that broke my heart the most, it's going to be Wyatt versus Roman. It was yeah. okay. It was an okay, but yeah. I thought it was going to be the blow off of all blow offs, yeah. and it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. But then, uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that. No, I'm okay. going that. that so okay. I'd go this match. Yeah. Number one. Number one. Okay. Number two, I'd probably go Undertaker, Mankind. Okay. <clears throat> Number three, Cactus and Triple H. Just because I was there, I was at that show. It's a great match. It is a great match. Great match. I love that rivalry. Yeah. Okay. Number four, I'm I'm torn on. I would either go Triple H Batista from 2005. I I don't like either of those guys, and I love that match. I, and uh, it's a great match. Yeah, that was a great match. Or I would go <clears throat> Undertaker Triple H WrestleMania 28. Shawn Michaels is the guest referee. End of an era, Hell in the Cell. 
My problem with that match was it didn't have to be an Hell in a Cell match. That was my problem. You didn't think so? No. I know Triple H uses sledgehammers and all this other stuff, but they didn't use like the cage. You know what I mean? It could have been just a street brawl or something. Let's play the audio for this. Sean's hanging. <laughs> That's a nice one. And from here, you just get a ass kick, right? <laughs> Undertaker, Sean, um, Undertaker, Mankind, Usos, New Day, and Cactus and Triple H. Yep. So we pretty much are almost the same with the exception of I don't have Usos and New Day as much as I like that match. Modern Day Hell in the Cell, I thought that was a great concept. I just love to use the cage. Yeah. Use the cage. And I thought they used it arguably more than... And, and like I said, there was no blood. The PG era. Okay. But every spot used the cage. Yeah. And I All right, so here we it. go. Give yep. me your four worst Hell in the Cell matches on the Mount Rushmore. Oh, oh, oh. Easy, number one, CM Punk, Ryback. That, that's easy, number one. Okay. Um, Number two, maybe... Uh, no, I... Honorable mention, Triple H, Nash. I can't put... I, I don't know if I can put that for top four. There's been some stinkers. Um, great match. Another honorable mention. It's weird because it was a great match. But it sucked my dick for putting it in Hell in a Cell. Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. That should never have been a Hell in a Cell match. It didn't but, need the Hell in a Cell that, match. That, that, I like the I quit stipulation. I fucking loved the match. It but, was so entertaining. It's all hell. Yeah. But but that should never have been a, a Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. They'll fuck you for putting that in a Hell in a Cell. Oh, uh, okay. Now, stay, stay focused, Dennis. All right. Um, like I said, Ryback, CM Punk, by far, Leafs and Bounds, the worst I've ever seen. Ryback, um, CM Punk. Um, I got to put Roman... Roman Bray. Roman Bray. I was so heartbroken that that, that the house that, that was Roman a Roman Bray, Roman J Uso. Um, and oh jeez, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, you know I forgot to put in honorable mention at least. Sasha. How many honorable mentions you got? You, you haven't even given. No, 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 yet. no, no, no. I got to go back to the great ones. I, I totally forgot. Dude, I mean, these are the worst ones. But I, mean, I don't forget, though. All right. Yeah, I had to bring it up because you okay. know I'm about the girls wrestling. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks. Fucking. Un, uh, okay. Uh, anyway, I like it. I, I, I had to bring that up. But anyway. Oh, here we go. He's about to use the chair. <clears throat> anyway, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm, 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 so, so, the, the, all the new stuff. Oh! Yeah, no, it's good. This is it. Here. This is where he comes, right? Yep, let's go! such a classic line. Yeah. That's such a classic line. Look at that face. Ah. Oh. Spot on. Fuck you, her. <laughs> it's 
Earl, not Herb. Oh, sorry. Where's that I'm sorry, Dave. Yeah, I, that debut, I, yeah, you, yeah, no, I you can't. You can't make it like honestly as a, as a debut. That's that's definitely in the the top. That's a Mount Rushmore right there. But while we're on that Mount Rushmore, so your four worst hell in the cell. I'm trying to think. All right, all right, all right. CM Punk. CM Punk Ryback. Uh, Ryback. Um, okay, where where were they going? Uh, that uh, you had like twelve honorable mentions that you couldn't fucking I'm gonna, figure out. All right, I I, I tap out. Da, 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 da. I just know CM Punk. Ryback by far is the worst one. Alright. I would agree with you, CM Punk. Ryback is pretty bad. Undertaker, big boss man. WrestleMania when Undertaker hung the I boss totally man. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, so bad. That was pretty bad. Um, I'm, oh, the, the dog cage match. Does that count as the Hell in a Cell? Yeah, Al Snow and the big Number boss man. Number two right there. Put that Number in two there. right there. That's three for me. And then I'd say the fourth. Um... Probably one of the more recent ones. Um, yeah, I blocked them all out. That's the thing. I couldn't remember anything. I didn't I like them all I out. didn't like Undertaker and Brock in 2015 when the Wyatts got involved. I liked when the Wyatts got involved. Yeah. I just didn't like the match. I totally, I totally forgot about Brock Undertaker too. Yeah. That was a that was a fucking awesome from 2002, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah the first awesome one. one. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. All right, so those are my four worst. Um, as we're watching Sean getting carried out here to, to, to close out this watch along. We got about another uh, 30 seconds or so. Um, great match. Yeah, great, great match. match. Classic. Um, so, on the, on the subject of Kane. Yep. Okay. Did you think in, in 1997 that, like most of Undertaker's opponents, especially when they were these big monsters... He would vanquish them and then they would be gone. Whether it was Kamala, Giant Gonzalez, yeah. King Kong Bundy, um, you know, the list goes on and on. Did you think that this was going to be like a one and done thing that they were going to like lead to did, a big? Actually. Okay, same here. I kind of did. All right, so it wasn't it wasn't that egregious to have that thought process. No, no, I thought the same thing. Okay, I thought once Undertaker was done with Kane, Kane would be, would be exactly. Yeah. That's what I kind of thought too. So I never really thought that it was going to morph into this like this yeah, gigantic, I, you know. I think he was going to do a Hall of Fame speech one day. Absolutely not. Twisted, no exactly. <laughs> I didn't have that. I didn't. But the. the the story arc itself of, of the Kane character, aside from The Undertaker's involvement in it, I think is fascinating in that he masks himself up and, and covers himself because he's afraid of what society is going to think of him and look like him. And then, you know, the, the character evolves yeah. and, you know, you see Kane become, you know, humanized in a lot of ways. And the boys' uh, box and everything. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then the eventually the mask comes off, and then you see, you know, the the his, you know, what he looks like, and it, I just think overall the, the the evolution of the character. I don't. I didn't expect it to go as far as it did. I mean, he he made a twenty year career out of it. You know. Yeah. He made a twenty plus year career out of it, if not longer. So. Um, 
But I didn't I didn't expect to see him and Undertaker. And they would have multiple matches for years. Yeah. So um definitely Kane is low key. He's on a Mount Rushmore for big guys. You know, you could say Andre the Giant, you could say Undertaker, and you put Kane in that list. I think and then you, whoever you want to fill your fourth with, then you fill it with. I think those you put are, Kane on multiple Mount Rushmore gimmick. Yeah. Big guy. Yeah. I think yeah. you go on and on. Oh, you could. You could, yeah. yeah. I mean, you definitely could. That character, I think, had a lot of length. A lot, of, you know, it had some, some, some mileage to it. And... Just when you thought it was starting to get stale, that he would re he would reinvent his look. Yep. Um, I even liked corporate Kane when he would switch over from being like you know this humanized corporate version of himself when he was with the authority, yeah. and then when it was time to do business, they would bring the demon out. It was almost like an alter ego. That was kind of cool. I kind of liked that. It kind of added like how some they more made mileage. Human to the Kane, Kane a pussy, but 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 still, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, it, human human Kane was was. He was a jobber. It was fun. It was crazy. But anyway, but at the same yeah. time, like when he had to do business, yeah, no, you're right. He, he got involved, and he even brought, the loving, loving of Tori, I thought was spot on. The, I the, liked that story. Yeah, yeah the, the stuff he did with Tori, and then when eventually she turned on him and you know became X Pac's yeah. girlfriend. Uh, so yeah, uh, this was a lot of fun. I th- thank you uh, for, uh, for 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 chatting it up with me about uh, Helms. Oh, totally. That was such a pleasure. Michaels. We didn't exactly were on cue for the match, but it was a classic, and I think I think our listening audience probably, probably that that uh, well, I thought it was a very entertaining podcast. We try to give you dialogue yeah. as we watch these too. You know what I mean? It's not just necessarily about the match, but you know subjects surrounding individuals in the match and things that took place during that time period. So you know it's not always just about the the, the, the structure of the match itself. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's how we do things here. Thank you once again. Good to be back here on Kicking Out at Two as we continue some more coverage of 1997, a very pivotal year in the world of uh, professional wrestling in the WWF. Our next episode, we're looking to cover the birth of Degeneration X. WWE is going to be uh, coming up. They're going to be uh, hosting a, a Monday Night Raw from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. I believe it's next week. And there, uh, there's going to be some sort of DX type of celebration there because it's the 25-year anniversary of DX. So we're going to watch the episode of Monday Night Raw where we saw the birth of D-Generation X, where they named themselves. Shawn Michaels and Triple H, they were, they were an on-screen duo for a couple of months, but they didn't really have a name. And it was this episode that Shawn Michaels coined the, the group D-Generation X. So we're going to watch that episode of Raw. And it's pretty much centered around those guys and... And the hijinks that DX would do. I know you weren't a big DX guy, but I thought it was important to cover yeah. um, as we get to the road to the screw job. The, the on the road to the Montreal screw job because that's the last time we talked, Dennis. That was uh, that was something that you were very interested in covering. Oh, it's, I think it's so, cool. It's all out. So yeah. I think we're gonna we're gonna celebrate 25 years with that as well. So um, with that being said, I think it's officially about that time that we put this show down for the three count, and we'll see you all next time.